0: You can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike.
1: Luke chapter 9
0: and a message
1: titled Power Struggle. Verse 49, it says, Now John answered, and said, Master, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we forbade him because he does not follow with us. Now, in the context, and this is the same context in the other Gospels as well, you have to kind of give John credit because he owns the fact that he might have made a mistake. And I think what Jesus is telling him is kind of making him realize, oh, wait a minute, maybe I wasn't good on that on that advice, and we told that person not to do that. And it's always a good attitude to have as Christians okay well I kind of marched forward on that and I probably should have done some more research or I probably should have asked first or I probably shouldn't have been so rash or so bold as to being the way I was and and we're all going to make mistakes with people at times and that's true so sure enough Jesus confirms it in verse 50 he says "Do do not forbid him for he who is not against us is on our side Mark goes a lot farther on this verse. He kind of amplifies what what Jesus said there. It says in Mark chapter 9, verse 39, Jesus said, Do not forbid him, for no one who works a miracle in my name can soon afterwards speak evil of me. For he who is not against us is on our side. For whoever gives you a cup of water to drink in my name, because you belong to Christ, assuredly I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. Now reading the seven letters of the seven churches, I was struck by what he said to the church of Ephesus. In Revelation chapter 2, verse 1, Jesus says this, "...to the angel of the church of Ephesus write these things, says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands." And, And so, in every one of these letters that Jesus writes to these seven churches, he describes himself at the beginning of each letter, and in every case, it's something that this church is in danger of forgetting. And of course, Ephesus was known as a church of scriptural purity. They prided themselves on doctrinal purity, but in that they had lost their first love. And so they weren't putting up with anybody within the church. They were casting people out of the church. They were saying, that guy's a heretic. They were dealing with people, but they weren't dealing with people in love. And he reminds them that he is in the midst of all the churches, and he's the one who holds them in his hand. Jesus is talking to two camps here. Those who are different from us, but identify themselves as Christian or or following Jesus, they haven't come against us. Now, I'm not talking about the cults, because if you look at the history of any of the cults, they all have come against us, right? They all have said... You know, those guys are heretics, or we're the pure, true church, and they're not. That I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about people who are Christians, who have a very different way of practicing, whether they're high church or low church. They have a very different way of doing Christianity than us. Maybe they're a lot more Pentecostal than us, or a lot less Pentecostal than us, or they're maybe more traditional, or they're maybe less traditional. Whatever the case All of these churches would be represented by those seven lampstands, and Jesus is wanting us to remember that he walks amongst all of them, that he's thinking about all of them, that he cares about all of them, that he wrote a letter to each of them, and that we're not the only ones. It's not us four and no more, right? There are other people within the body of Christ. The body of Christ is much bigger than we probably even understand it to be so those who identify themselves with jesus and the second category is those who show kindness towards those who belong to jesus acts of kindness to jesus will not go unrewarded he says what i'd like to, what what would america be like if christians were known for their love for people who did not know christ because the church in america is not known for that in fact, those who don't know Christ would see the church as hating them, you know, for being different or for not following Jesus, for living a lifestyle that, that does not line up with, with our values. And I, and I hope that's not true for this congregation. So far, what I've seen, it's not. And that re- I rejoice in that. Uh, we've had people come to church here who are transgender to visit, and every time they have come and visited, they thank me. One guy told me, I hated Christians and I thought Christians hated me, but coming here everybody seems to love me. I love that. Thank you. Thank you for that. Because I, I it would grieve my heart if somebody were to come into this door seeking God and they would be treated poorly. Because we understand that every single person is created in the image of God, whether they understand who they are and what they're supposed to be or what God has created them to be or not. That we treat them with love and respect because and dignity because they are created in the image of God, even though they have issues and things that they're working through that they don't understand. What would it be like if American Christians loved each other, regardless of denomination? Actually, the reality is, is the reason I say that is because for the most part in, in Christianity in America, we don't love each other. You know, oh, they're Pentecostal, or they do weird stuff over there, or they're strange, you know, they're too stiff, they're too whatever, and we, we have all these criticisms for people within other denominations. We're commanded to, but somehow we forgot this in our zeal for partisanism or patriotism or self-righteousness. The problem is that often we as Christians become known for what we're against more than what we're for. The Lord illustrated this to me in a very interesting way. When I was a brand new Christian, I I was going to work and I had won a T shirt on a Christian radio station. I used to listen to this Christian radio station and I'd be the fifth caller or whatever and you know and and win prizes and I was good at it. I won a lot of prizes. Maybe I was just the only one listening. But I, I got this t-shirt and the t-shirt was, it, it basically had a garbage can and it said, this is no place for a baby. And, you know, I, I, I agree with that. Absolutely. I don't agree with abortion whatsoever. I think that that's, it's more than just a political issue. It's a, it's a sanctity of life issue. It's just something created in the image of God. We shouldn't be murdering them. Right. And that's my, my mindset. But I, I put that shirt on and I didn't think anything of it. And I went to work and a woman I was working with, she looked at me and she was like, I'm offended by your shirt, and I was like, oh, and, and my mind just started to reel. I'm a brand new Christian, and my mind started to reel, and think about that, like, wait a minute, what message am I sending here, because certainly I don't agree with, with abortion, but is that my message? Is that the platform that I want to, to reach the world with, with no abortion, or do I want to reach the world with Jesus loves you, and he, he died for you on this on, on the cross, and he can forgive all of your sins if you put your trust in him? What's my message? And I, I had this quick conversation with myself and I looked at this woman I said, I am so sorry, I will never wear that shirt again. And I didn't ever wear that shirt again. Because that wasn't my message. I agree with the message of the shirt, but I'm not going out to to promote that message. I'm going out to promote the gospel. It doesn't mean that I won't have that conversation with somebody when it's necessary, but that's not my platform, right? You know, do I want to be known for what I'm against? Or do I want to be known for the love of Jesus? that I would care for somebody even if they've gone through something like having an abortion and which this w- woman obviously had. You know my wife she used to work at a co- or she used to go to school. She went to school for cosmetology and when she was at school she was there with a whole bunch of people who had alternative lifestyles and the gay men who were there would talk about the things and the parties that they would have and just the debauchery, and she would just hear this stuff. And she'd come home and tell me, and I remember just being so horrified that I told her, you need to quit, that. you need to drop out of school, you can't be around that. And she looked at me, and she said, honey, these people need Jesus. And I loved that that was the effect it had on her heart. And I felt safe sending her there because she became an evangelist and she was talking to these people and she gave this guy Rudy a ride to home a ride home every day and she would talk to him about Jesus and she was honest with him yeah I don't agree with your lifestyle because I believe God created you the way he created you for a reason and he created you as a man and he created men and women for a reason and not for that but I love you and he started reading his bible and he started asking her questions and she just showed him love the same thing, one time she was working at a place, and she, w- she was doing hair for this lady, and this lady got her hair done, and then she said, she said, oh, here's my card, and she's like, oh, we don't take cards, and so the lady left, and, and just tennis shoot. And Shannon was just like, okay, I guess that's that. And she did a very expensive haircut and, and full weave and everything on her hair. And she was out, and so she was driving home that day and as she's driving up the hill right here by the Nazarene church, she saw the lady walking. And so she pulled over and she rolled down her window and the woman looked at her and she was horrified. I mean, obviously she's like, I'm so, and, and Shannon just said, I already forgave you. Do you need a ride somewhere?
0: Thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes. If you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety,